I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, October 31, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Today is Halloween. Was there a trick? Was there a treat? Did we have a trick in the morning or a treat in the morning? It depends on which side of the market you're on. If you're on the bear side, you got a treat. If you're on the bull side, maybe you got a trick. Either way, there was something for everybody today. We're going to go through the markets. We're going to talk about the next several days. We're going to talk about the last few days. We're going to cover a couple of different things, some stuff we don't cover every single day. The objective here is to give you a window into the market, to be the tour guide of the market so that you gain an understanding not only from what's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, but what's given here each and every night in the videos, laying out the current state of the market, the structure of the market based on different charts, a variety of different charts, and then a variety of different markets. The idea is for you to have the best handle that you can across the markets. A few days ago, we were discussing the fact that late this week, we were looking for a turn to occur in the market. We didn't know exactly what price, but we always said time is more important than price. And there's another time component that we touched on last night. And there's another reason why. It's not the only reason, but it's an added reason why. And this is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, but a reason why we were expecting a turn late this week. Not only was it from a cycle perspective, that's where I was coming from, so that's not something that I can teach each and every day. I don't know it well enough to teach it. I teach what I do know well enough. However, what I do know well enough is taught in the course, and right out of the course, same scenario. Time component lined up. Not only did it line up with how it's taught in the course, but it lined up with what I'm looking at in terms of the cycles. So when two or three or four things converge at the same time, and they all say the same thing, it's kind of like three guys tell you you're drunk, go take a seat. Doesn't mean it's going to work every single time, but what it does mean is that at least 80% of the time, using the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, it's going to work out like that. So we were looking for a top in the market. Does it have to be a long-term top? It doesn't have to be. We don't care. All we care about is right now and the next day or two or the next trade. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different time horizon. But we don't need to worry whether or not it's a longer term high or there's higher prices yet to come. We don't really care at this point. Here's what we do care about. It was tradable against yesterday's high. Now, yesterday's high brings up an important scenario. I'm going to flip back and forth. So we're going to go over some stuff. Yesterday's high in the SPY registered at 304.55. But that's not necessarily the same or the whole story when you look at the ES, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract. So the high yesterday was at 30.55. What happened is after the spider closed, and we can go over to a short-term chart, We'll go over to a five-minute chart, and you can see where that occurred. Here it is. The high was 3055. The time was 1635. Translated into real time, that's 435 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. Now, here's the kick. 
that doesn't match up. The spider high doesn't match up with the S&P E-mini futures high. Does that matter? Not really. Not to most people. It matters to me, but I'm going to show you why. Here's inside the numbers. Here's the pre-market morning notes. I'm discussing that early in the morning, long before the market even opens. I got my eye on the fact that one market got to a number and another didn't. And here's the number I'm talking about. I've been talking about 305 for a while. So if you correspond the futures and the SPY together, the same number that was reached 3055 in the futures contract really does correspond with about 305.20. Give or take a few pennies on either side. There is some slippage that occurs between the futures and the SPY, but this is as close as we need to get. The point is, is they never actually got there on the chart. I've seen that before. I've read this book before. I've seen that be meaningful, so I brought it up first thing in the morning. And frankly, we'll know whether it's important or not in short order. If they're going to go up and make a new high, we're going to have to look to the next semi-fat round number of 3,100. We'll just pick a fat round number in the SPY and say 310. That's if yesterday's high wasn't the high. So far, it's the high. So what else were we discussing in the uh, inside the numbers community, if you will, today? Right out of the gate, 940, another quiet open for now, 3050 should be resistance should they decide to make a run up there. An hourly close below ES340 is what the bears would be looking for. As discussed earlier, this trader, that would be me, is short the SPY and will be against the high in the ES on a daily close or SPY 305.20. This is a swing trade position not so worried about the back and forth chop shop right now. We'll update accordingly. So here's an update. Well, before we get to the update, we'll just take a gander at some of the other notes as it relates to the uh, inside the numbers as the day goes on, updates if you will. There wasn't a lot going on throughout the day today. However, we can still learn something from the market every single day as long as we're paying attention The market is essentially a feedback mechanism. You or I or both of us are doing the analysis and what the market does after the analysis is the feedback. Were we right? Were we wrong? If we were wrong, why were we wrong? Can we figure out why? What did the market do as opposed to what we thought it was going to do or what it should do based on what was happening at the time? Did something break down? Did we read it wrong? Did we have the wrong chart? Did another chart not confirm what we were looking at on a shorter time frame? All those things are uber important, and they're all taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Moving over to the hourly chart. Now, we saw this one just the other day. In fact, we saw it in this candle right here. So we have a breakdown candle. The market starts to put in a bear flag pattern and then all of a sudden starts to break up to run or at least make an attempt to challenge the high or the top end of the breakdown candle. That appears to be what's going on here at the end of the day. Does that change anything from this morning? Does that change anything from the 9.40 a.m. post? No, it doesn't change anything, but getting above the breakdown candle high would change something. It would change a lot of things. We would be making new highs as a result of that once again for the second time. 
Well, it's a lot more than the second time, but that sounded better than the alternative. Let's take a look at where we went to, where we are, what happened. So the other day, the last two days, we've been talking about a certain range that the market was in. We went to test the bottom of the range. We went to test the top of the range. We tried to break out of the top of the range. We've now failed, and we've been below the range all day long today. What did we do at the end of the day? We rallied back to get into the range that we were in all week long. What does that do to the market? Does it make the market bullish? Does it make the market bearish? Does it cancel out the bearish stuff? What happens to the market? Here's the way I look at it. If I'm bearish, and I am because I'm short the market, and by the way, I want to make mention of something else. Well, first, let me finish the thought, and then I'll go on to that next topic that was an unannounced topic. So I don't love the fact, I am short the market, so I don't love the fact that they got back up into this range. But that's the way it works. You can't do anything about it. It's the end of the day magic hand that showed up and pushed the market up in the last 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it was. Now that I look over at another chart, I can see clearly it was about an hour and 15 minutes from the recent low up to the end of the day micro scale pie in the face rally. The point is net net now that we're back in the middle of that range, if you will, there's nothing essentially that happened today other than the fact that we have this breakdown candle. Is it going to be easy to hop over the breakdown candle? Well, they may hop over it, and that would be very bullish for the market, but it may not be easy to trade through it. That's where we stand currently. So let's talk about the thing that I almost talked about that I had to get away from. Now we're going to go back to. Let's talk about what happened early this morning. We'll talk about the gap. So inside the numbers, members, I was talking about a gap that was around, was 301.70. There's another gap or a gap on a different chart that's at a slightly lower number. So I put on the board 301.64. Now, either way, regardless of what number I used, they didn't fill the gap. The low here is 301.73. So here we go again. We've got two things going on. They missed the gap. They turned around. That's bullish under normal garden variety market conditions. We traded away from the gap. It took a while. It wasn't necessarily a rocket ride away from the gap. It was the end of the day. Before the end of the day, they were making a bear flag pattern. So how do we read that? The end of the day shenanigans, does that outweigh the bear flag pattern? Does it outweigh the fact that they missed another gap? Does it outweigh the fact that they should have went down there the other day and missed it? They tried it a couple of times. They tried it a number of times. They keep missing the gap. So we have no choice. I have no choice but to read it this way. If they get above the breakdown candle high, if they make new highs, if I'm wrong on this trade, then I'll have been wrong and I'll have the pie in the face and they got me. But here's the deal. They should go fill the gap. The fact that they tried it a number of times, I understand the bull case. I'm on board with the bull case. I've seen this many times before, but I've also seen this many times before. I know shenanigans. I know rope-a-dopes. I know five guys in a room. The next time down, they're not stopping at the gap. That's the way this works. Now, do they have to make a new high first, or do they pull the rug out immediately Friday morning? We'll find out Friday morning. But that's where we are. Now, here's the other thing that I wanted to mention before. There was two things. One was the gap. Here was the other thing. I didn't take profit on the position today that I put on early in the day. 
The market was down there a number of times. I had ample opportunity to take profit. I didn't take profit. So here's the deal. Shame on me. I'm looking back. It's in hindsight. It's Monday morning quarterback. But here's how we learn from our mistakes. I was so convinced they were going to get the gap and most likely 301. And by the way, we've been talking about 301 for days. But I was convinced and I think I let my bias get the best of me and I should have taken profit when I had it in my pocket. Here's the takeaway. We can always learn something from the market or from our actions every single day. Now, this isn't the first time I've done that. And maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll get a pie in the face. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If I get lucky in the morning, I won't remember that it was likely a mistake not to take profit. However, if I get a pie in the face, I'll remember the mistake and I have to use that to my advantage as time goes on. How much time? Your entire life. This is something that we struggle with as traders all the time. Nobody's perfect. No trader is perfect. Nobody doesn't make mistakes. That's just the way it works. We can always look back at something. If we thought about something early in the day and we considered doing it, and I obviously considered taking a profit when I had it when the market was down low, almost filling the gap. I was basically locked and loaded to take profit. The crime would be not learning from the mistake. So if, in fact, I get a pie in the face, I'll remember the mistake. I have to learn from the mistake. That's an essential part of this business. You can probably fill in the blanks on the rest, but it's a good lesson. Learn from my mistakes so you make less of them. You're still going to make them. Let's call it what it is. You're not going to be mistake-free. We don't live in utopia. You can't give free health care to everybody, free college to anybody that wants to go, and you might as well stroke a check for a thousand bucks to everybody so they have some walking around money. The math just doesn't work. Morally, sounds fantastic. The math doesn't work. If the math worked, we'd have it today. All right, I got on a couple of soapboxes, so we've got to move it along. I think I've covered the SPY or the SPY pretty sufficiently. We know what's going on. If we get a hop up in the morning up north, we know the drill. They'll just go on and make new highs, and we'll have to reset certainly my expectations. And the downside, we know about the downside. And by the way, the gap in 301, that doesn't have to be it. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. We'll get more into that if, in fact, they do go back down south. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Pretty interesting day. They were down a lot, however, recovered. Interestingly enough, check out where the close was relative to yesterday's low. They rallied back in the IWM to close above yesterday's low. Wasn't even close in the SPY. They were at yesterday's low long ago. IWM, different story. Let's run a test for a second. So what's the low? 155.28. We'll just use the horizontal line as an identifier. See what I'm saying? You think that's an accident or a coincidence that at the end of the day, the last few minutes of the day, they rally the market to run up to close above 155.28 and into and above those moving averages by happenstance? I don't think so. I think it's either... Somebody doesn't want the market to go down or somebody doesn't want anybody else to think the market's going to go down. I still think the market's going to go down, but other people seem to think that they don't want anybody else to think that the market's going to go down. Who's on first? That's what I've been telling you. How about a different look? The 120-minute chart. What did this market do? 
Did it come back to test a former breakout or former breakdown area? Whether that area exactly resides to the penny here or slightly higher or slightly lower doesn't really matter. It's the concept of what I'm teaching. The concept is that this happens over and over and over again. First, the market runs sideways, eats some time off the clock, then breaks out. What did it do before that happened? Well, first, it went higher. How did it do that? It put in a flagpole. Draw it from anywhere you want. Either way, here's the flag, and then we had another or continuation move in the upward direction, northbound, northern direction, and here we come back down to do what? We tested the 50-period moving average, but they also did what? Same thing they do over and over and over again. They come back down to test a former breakdown or breakout area. This was a breakout area. The market ate some time off the clock. There's a 50-period moving average on this 120-minute chart. And guess what? That's where the market stopped short today and found some support. Doesn't mean it has to be long-standing support, but the market found support, period, full stop. Notice how there's a different story on every chart. The daily chart, the story was they run up at the end of the day to close above a certain number, 155.28. There it is. The 120-minute chart, the story's different, but the story is really the same chart to chart to chart. It just depends on what you see. What is the chart telling me? What's the visual? What jumps off the page at me? That's what I'm feeding back to you. What jumps off the page at me? When you go over to the daily chart, we can get rid of this line. When you go over to the daily chart, it's the same area that the market came back down to test. There's no difference between this and the 120-minute chart, but what I saw immediately was the close relative to yesterday's low. That's the first thing that jumped out at me. That's what was important to me. It may not be important, period, but what's important to me, I can't get out of my head, and that stuff's going to be important about 80% of the time. How about down at the transportation department, right into home base? How about that? Canary in the coal mine, we flagged this thing when it was up near 11,000. We put in a top, or it could have been a top at the time. It was ahead of the other markets. It is my second favorite market leading indicator. Now, here's the quandary. It's ahead of the other markets. Is it going to make a low before the other markets? Did it make a low today? Is it going to make a low into those other moving averages closer down around 10,300, 10,400, something like that? Here's something else that's right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. From low, recent low, to recent high, the transports have already had a garden variety retracement. Is that bullish? Does that mean there's no more downside available? We don't know one way or the other. What we do know is that tomorrow the week closes. Look where we are on the weekly chart. We've been discussing this at length. This is really, really interesting. So here's an up move, and this could certainly be a bull flag pattern on the weekly chart. Not necessarily the preferred look for a bull flag pattern, but it is nonetheless in this channel. Forget the flag part. Just look at the channel if you don't want the flag. Forget the flag. The flag's off the table. We have a channel. Where the bottom is doesn't matter. Where the top is exactly doesn't matter. We went to the top. Now we're coming back down even towards the middle. And this is just all this week. Where's the most important spot as far as the transports are concerned? The breakdown candle high. Can't get there yet. 
bust through that, close a week above that, look out up above. How about the tech stuff? What's going on in the queues, the NASDAQ? Is there any problem with this market? No, absolutely not. We're just stretched. It's overextended. It's long in the tooth. It's climbing the wall of worry. Use any euphemism you want. Now, I don't know that euphemism was the right term inserted right there, but nevertheless, you probably get the point. This is a bull tape. This is a bull market right here, right now in the queues, above all the moving averages, heading higher. Doesn't mean it can't pull back five bucks. It can, but this is a bull market. You have to take it at face value. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's a duck. You find the queues down here closing daily down in this neighborhood closing daily down here, all of a sudden might not be a duck or might just be an ugly duck. But for now, you take it at face value. Same story as everything else with the financials. It was a down day by half a percent, but not a big deal one way or the other. You're just way up above these moving averages and we've been discussing for a few days coming back toward home base would be normal garden variety market behavior. Same thing with the SMH. No different, same story, Turn the page, it looks the same as the old page. How about gold? Here's the December gold futures contract. Big day for gold up $18. We've been basically eating time off the clock. And if you've paid attention to what I've been discussing, and I don't discuss it a lot, I just do it sporadically. Really only a couple, maybe three times a month, I'll talk about gold. And what we've been discussing is the fact it's on a long-term breakout. Long-term breakout doesn't mean it can't come back down to retest, recock the gun, do whatever euphemism you want to say it's going to do. Where does 1432 come in? Very simple. You saw it already. It's that gap right there. It's that breakout area. If we were to find gold at 1432 or even close to 1432, I'm pulling the trigger on a long position. That means I'm a buyer down at 1432, give or take. Might not get there. Might not get there anytime soon. Look at the weekly chart and you can see above all the moving averages, it's essentially riding the 20. The 20 is moving up. So therefore, as time goes on, remember, time is more important than price. When time goes on forward, that 20 period moving average, and that's a 20 week moving average, creeps up. If it's going to hold the market, that means the lows are going to be higher lows. What have we had here? Low. Higher low, higher low, higher low. Not a higher low, but it's close. I don't want to ruin the story. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. But it's close enough. It's a touch and go onto the 20 period moving average. And here we go. Higher once again. What happens if we get above and close the week above? Tomorrow's the weekly close above the high of 1522.30. That'll likely bring another leg to the upside. That's the story in gold. I get this question all the time. You always say it's a long-term breakout in gold. How high is gold going to go? Is it 1600? Is it 1700? Is it 1800? Higher. Don't worry about the number. We're not going to be at the number anytime soon. How about the TLT? We haven't covered this one in a while. It's worth a look. Speaking of higher lows, here's a low down here. The low is actually 136.54. The low here is 136.99. And here we go again, almost up into the 20 period moving average on the weekly chart. So where's it going? Is this going to be further upside? Is it over on the upside? Am I going to be right in terms of a long-term trend 
lower in the price of bonds, higher in the yields. I think I'm going to be right. When you look at a longer term chart, here's what you see. You see this top that was put in around, well, what was the number? Uh, 148.90. Now, we can go back and forth, be in a chop shop, a longer term chop shop, and simply work our way downward over time. But here's what we can also use as a bogey. Here it is right here. You can use the high of this breakdown candle as the bogey. We got above it, got back below it. So we like to term that a recapture. If we go back and recapture it on the upside, then I have to reevaluate the whole thing in the bond market. Until and unless that happens, and this high happens to be 144 even, but you have to give it the weekly close. So a Friday close above 144, and you have to reevaluate, or I have to reevaluate the downside. Until and unless that happens, it's going to go back and forth. That's just the way markets work. Look at the monthly chart. We haven't even got down yet to test the low of the last breakup candle. The low is 133 and a quarter. Time is more important than price. Here's a little bit of a short hop. I want to take a look at Yeti, one of the trades that was on the board this morning. But I want to take a look at it because it's a teachable moment. It's a learning opportunity. I learned something today because I didn't even see this one as it happened. I guess I really didn't learn anything. What I learned was I missed the boat. But here's the story. So I talk about it all the time. We don't want sloppy seconds. What sloppy seconds? So 31.82 was the target entry price in Yeti this morning. Stock closed yesterday at 34.74. It's getting a haircut at the open. We're targeting 31.82. The stock starts coming down. It makes a low of $32 even, and then all of a sudden it gets a little rocket ride, and it starts to come down later. So it missed by 18 cents my target price. Now, I'm not willing to buy somebody else's price. I'm willing to buy my price. It's not going to be right all the time, but it's going to be right about 80% of the time. 20% of the time, it's not going to be right. Now, when a stock comes back down later in the trading day to the specific level that we identified early in the morning, pre-market, this is long before the market even opens. Generally, it's off the table. We don't want it. It's not the same trade. It's sloppy seconds. However, there are times where it's just a different trade altogether. The price is still the price. That price was meaningful for a reason. So the price is still important, but we need something else that really outweighs the sloppy second part. And when you look at the chart and you begin identifying the stuff that's taught in the course and you think in terms of time is more important than price, you'll see why it was appropriate to take the trade at the price even though we missed it earlier in the day. I didn't do it, I didn't see it, but we have longtime follower, longtime member, Ron W., and we'll leave the last name out in the interest of not being that guy, but Ron brought this to my attention, and here it is. The benefit of this is, and I said it before, it's a community. Why can't we teach each other? The world is round. We're in a pay-it-forward scenario. I haven't used that one in a while. I used to use that a lot, but we have to recycle stuff. Stuff gets stale, but we can certainly bring it back. If they're good, they can always come back. So it's a pay-it-forward scenario. Thanks, Ron. Thank you. I appreciate each and every one of you. This is a perfect place to pull the ripcord, but I can't go without saying that, and I can't say it enough. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast...
Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.